Boom. And we are live for another episode of AlphaCast. My Mike Winner, and I'm here as always with Dr. Bear Paul Lando coming to you correct from the beautiful Smith River on the border of California, Oregon, in the great state of Jefferson, where we are staying unmasked and unvaxxed and free as we can. And it's a gorgeous, been a gorgeous week, actually been one of the hottest Mays I can remember up here. And um, it's uh, the farm's kicking and we're having a good time. And we've got an amazing guest today, Paul Unslaved, uh, the man on the ground showing us what common law is all about. We have Paul here today, and this is going to be a really fun show. For those that are new to Alpha Vedic, you can find out all about us on our website at alphavedic.com. We have a lot going on right now, including a GoFundMe project, uh, that uh, GoFundMe campaign for a project that we are really focused on. Um, so if you're interested in helping us get our educational center, commercial center up so that not only can we start shipping to places like Canada, which we get requests for almost every day, uh, but also to uh, get our education center up so that we can entertain folks on the land, do our permaculture classes, allow Bear to get his lab kicking. Um, we've been talking about live microscopy again and all this wonderful stuff on our Telegram group. And I know that's something that Bear really wants to do more than anything is to get back in the lab and play and tinker and get his spagyrics going and everything. So please help us out. Go to our uh, GoFundMe there uh, at uh, alphabetic.com forward slash fundraiser. And uh, yeah, just a lot of fun stuff going on. You can you can basically find out all about us on our Telegram group. That is t.me forward slash alphavedic or on our Discord. If you're into Discord instead, that's alphavedic.com forward slash Discord. We do have a co-op as well. If you want to get more integrated with alphavedic, you can go to our Patreon and that's patreon.com forward slash alphavedic. Lots of fun stuff going on, so please join us there. And I did just want to give a shout out and thank you to our community. You guys are amazing. Uh, it, it's been overwhelming, the response we get for what we've been doing. And we love you, and we thank you for everything you guys do. And I definitely want to give a huge thank you, too, to all of our admins in our, in our Telegram group and our Discord. Giselle, especially. You're such a rock star. Mandy. Um, uh, you know, everybody in there that's just so active in helping us out. You know, you guys are amazing. Robert, of course, who's our staunch security guard in Telegram and um, everybody else, too, uh, that, uh, that, you know, donate their time to help us out. We really, really appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, and real quick, Mike, you know, for Robert, who was here last summer and trying to help us get rid of the invasive bamboo, just <laughs> so he knows all of that is gone. And now we have planting beds with uh, medicinal herbs growing all over it, and it looks totally transformed, but he helped get us started. So thanks, Robert. Yeah, Robert, that was awesome. And and just a full gamut here, Yannick, Susan, uh, Mask, uh, Matthew, of course, and Cameron, uh, you guys are all awesome. So thank you so much for helping us there. You guys literally just donate your time and put up with uh, occasional troll and occasional um, misfit. But overall, our Telegram group, Bear has just been rock solid. So, uh, and and it's great to see Bear's been, you've been more active in there of late um, as we've gotten more attention from other podcasts you've been on and such. So uh, it's a really fun group to, to pop into. It's very educational <laughs> and, and entertaining. So, um, okay, on to the show. Um, uh, so excited to have uh, Paul here today. Uh, here's a great quote from, from Paul. Cowards feel, uh, feel fear and abandon the notion of doing right. A brave soul does right regardless of fear. Buckle up on this episode. We'll take you into places where most fear to go. Paul Pablo Remington Jones is a genuine warrior who dares to speak truth and walk his talk regardless of the consequences. Bureaucrats and public servants now wreak havoc in our lives while running contrary to natural law, their own oath of office, and basic morality. Paul doesn't shy away from letting usurpers of common law know that there is only one authority each of us must ultimately recognize, and it isn't them. In Paul's own words, the mission is a common sense, courteous approach to educating folks about common law and the legal system. The intent is to provide a platform for public servants to act in good faith and also educate those that are misinformed. The goal of my life and media is to create a functional community together based in truth and understanding as well as upholding universal law, aka the common law. 
As we witness the mindless compliance of today's group thought to the detriment of our health, freedoms, and the very purpose of this journey of the soul, Paul's message and heart are more timely than ever. We are so proud and happy to have Paul on the show today, Bear. Um, yeah, take it away, Bear. Um, any uh, opening remarks? Uh, yeah, Paul, thanks so much for being here. You know, I've been uh, watching a few of your videos, and, and I'm just amazed at how you handle yourself out there. You know, as I was sharing with you before we got started today, I went down this uh, a parallel road, you know, a long time ago and uh, been in quite a few skirmishes with different agencies and, and agents along the way. And, uh, you know, now it's just so gratifying to see people like you take it up about 16 notches and, and the rest of the way home. You know, along the way, um, you're, you're a true hero as far as I'm concerned. I'm not just saying that. I, I really mean it, you know, because there's few people that, you know, have the courage to actually not only speak the truth, but to take the consequences. You know, I wrote that little intro. I hope I didn't put too many words in your mouth, but that's just my take of, you know, my perspective of, of how I see you. Um, you know, Along the, along the way, I went down every paperwork trail. We, you know, uniform commercial code and, and you know, all the, all the different uh, things that I know you're well aware of and probably better versed than I am at this point. And uh, what I came to the conclusion with is that, you know, paperwork is just so good and, and will only get you so far. And I think there's a tendency in the sovereignty movement or whatever we want to loosely call it, where people are looking for that magic piece of paper that they're going to get a template, file it, and, and then they're all the way home. And I've, you know, just tell people, you know, uh, it would be more effective to write a couple of lines on a napkin and know how to back it and have the spiritual foundation to know why you're doing it in the first place. And that's going to be more effective than all the fancy stuff, you know, in the world. And when I watch your videos, uh, what I see very clearly is a person that is standing on principles that you own, that you really believe. And, and, you know, that's, that's where everything follows. And what I really like last thing I'll say is that um, you're not just confronting people that are, you know, law enforcement and so forth, but you're educating them and you're actually doing a good job. And especially this one video I saw, you know, on the side of the road with a cop, um, you know, he, he, you actually got some ideas across and then said, you know, drive safely, have a good day. Uh, so maybe if we could get uh, started, Paul, if you could just maybe share as much as you want uh, about how you got started down this road in the first place. Yeah. So like you were saying, I think you're pretty much on the money there as far as the, um, the conviction and the way that we move, right, is, uh, is our, our biggest strength right? The not settling for anything less than what we know is true and right. And the paperwork is just sort of the, um, you know, one of the tools that we use to do that. But like you said, most important, I, I believe as well as the spirit, but uh, how I get into this, let's see. Um, it's, I usually tell people when they ask me that it's a lifelong sort of journey. I mean, it starts as early as sort of in the hospital, believe it or not, being born. You know, um, them telling my parents, uh, he's a wild man. He don't want to, uh, <laughs> he don't want to follow anything <laughs> that we put forth to him. So, you know, a lot of that's sort of been me questioning myself from the beginning. Uh, you know, was I made differently than most individuals? Because my walk from start to present has just seemed to be uh, counter to most you know, from what I've sort of observed in conversations. So, yeah, I mean, you know, from going through uh, addiction, you know, from sort of issues that I was having with my mother and then, um, you know, jails and rehabs and then sort of coming to this turning point, right? Sort of this um, moment in my life where I realized that um, everything has to change, you know, um, and that because I've created so much suffering for myself that while I'm here, I have to, I guess, sort of repent for that, right? Or sort of take the time that I have left and, and do something uh, good with it, you know, that I can respect myself and other people can respect me for, 
so yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like a, a, a lifelong journey where just recently over the past year or two, I've started to become more and more comfortable with the uncomfortable, you know, because I had this information for a while uh, on, on, on varying degrees, but I was afraid to apply it, right? Like most people, well, what's going to happen to me? You know, I had a lot of people in my life telling me, just keep your head down, go to work, pay your bills. Don't confront this system because they're going to hurt you. And I had to explain to them that um, if we don't confront this system, they're going to hurt us. You know, so it's an inevitable. We have to take the reins and we have to go into the fear and we have to become comfortable with the uncomfortable in order to do the work before the time runs out. Right. Because as we see now, this is not a time in history where we can afford to stand by idly. Right. And continue to pursue our individual will and ego and path rather than the collective, the will, right? As it says in scripture, uh, we have to do the will to create the kingdom of heaven, which means what's objectively right by universal standards. Brilliant. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I answered the question. But <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you answered it perfectly. So where do you see things now? I mean, you know, we're, we're indoctrinated with the media that tells us, obviously, complete falsehoods and also gaslights us to the point where, you know, we think that we're isolated uh, lunatics and nobody else, uh, you know, understands what we're talking about. But in actuality, you know, the, the circles that Mike and I travel with, um, you know, we're all pretty much on board with the same thing. So we know there's a lot more of us than there are of them. And especially if you want to just loosely say them, you know, there's a, a very small minority of predators, you know, that are calling the shots for the people that don't have minds to, you know, have any critical thought of their own. And, uh, you know, it's I'd like to really address today uh, as well that, you know, it really is an individual decision that we're all here to make right now. And that is to draw our line in the sand and acknowledge that there is no outer authority that can tell us what to do. But that seems to be the hardest sell. People just can't believe or even comprehend what you're talking about with that one simple truth. And, uh, you know, again, the paperwork can become a vehicle, you know, to kind of express that when you're engaged with certain agents. But, um, you know, so, you know, maybe just a little bit more uh, we can get into, you know, you know, how this really mirrors uh, more the, the, the journey of the soul that we're all here to complete and that the real tragedy and uh, these uh, allowing these usurpers to gain more territory is that, you know, it's, it's really a spiritual war the way I see it. Yeah, well, see, <clears throat> that goes back to, you know, they would tell me from an early age, uh, Paul, you know, you can't be trained. And I would sort of explain to them, I don't believe that a human is supposed to be able to be trained. I think that um, a, a human being is supposed to live their life and use their experience and their conscience to come to an understanding of how to behave for oneself. They're not supposed to be trained through fear, right? Do this and then this happens. So now you won't do that anymore. So, I mean, for me, yeah, it, it becomes this sort of understanding that any being who really cares about themselves and the truth and what's right would never be okay with being told what to do, right? Like, like, like an individual who, who uh, is, is expressing the truest form of self would always want decision-making to come from within side of the self. They would never be okay with someone or something <clears throat> outside of themselves telling them what to do, especially if it's at odds with their common sense, right? So I just believe on a mass scale, what we have here is a low level of self-esteem and lack of self-belief. And a lot of it starts in our households, you know, the way that we're brought up or the lack of being brought up, right? Raised up in consciousness, right? We we are sort of kept down in consciousness and kept from asking certain questions because I believe, you know, the, the adults in this world, when we are children, they don't want to ask the questions. They don't want to go down these roads because subconsciously they're scared of what they're going to find. You know, some, a part of them already knows that they're enslaved on some level, but 
they want to choose, as Aldous Huxley and many others said too, they want to enjoy their slavery. They want the, the, the freedom to dream on narcotics and, and, and uh, focused on entertainment, right? Learning to enjoy their perpetual servitude. So I'm paraphrasing there a little bit, but this is sort of what you have going on from my perspective on a mass scale. But interestingly enough, fast forward 20 or 30 years, and uh, you start to see that dynamic change, right? Where people who were once ignorant of the whole situation are now almost forced to start asking questions and coming to new understandings about what it is that they believe and don't believe. And that's a beautiful process, right? So the universe is working and is opening minds and hearts through the purification of suffering because suffering is, make no mistake, the best way for human beings to learn who usually choose throughout history to stay ignorant of truth, right? They'd rather ignore it and continue to do what they want to do and ignore what they don't want to be true. Yeah, uh, beautiful. You know, a lot of your videos, um, you know, are about you on the side of the road, you know, just instructing officers as far as, uh, you know, that uh, you really don't need licenses to, you know, travel versus drive and that sort of thing. And, you know, we could get into a little bit of a discussion with that. But then, you know, what I see now, the, the real thing that's being perpetrated is this really trying to tamper with our biology, which, of course, is another way of dumbing us down and making us less receptive to spirit. And, you know, on our show, we talk a lot about how this genetic engineering in the name of immunization. And we also talk about how immunization is actually a falsehood because biology doesn't even work that way. But, um, you know, so how can we apply some of the principles that maybe you exercise on the side of the road instructing a cop, you know, when now they're starting to come at us with uh, needles and trying to tamper our genetics? Sure. I mean, <clears throat> again, it's just sort of like, if we look beyond this body, right? I mean, the universe is testing us. Like, are you, and I go back to the Tao and a lot of different spiritual texts. In order to be given everything, you must give everything up, right? And part of giving up means making peace and surrendering with the idea that somebody might kill you. You know, we live in a world of freedom. Like that's what the natural state of this order in this universe is, is free will. So we don't live in a safe, comfortable universe. It's a free will universe and bad people can do harm to you. However, just because bad people can do harm to us and may does not mean we forsake the knowing that we have of what's right. So I would always say be compassionate, right? Because we understand any human being that would do harm to their fellow man and woman is a twisted individual who probably has something wrong going on with them in their life and will never experience higher levels of consciousness and fulfillment. So we have compassion for them, knowing that they are beneath us, right? In the sense of misunderstanding, not about, you know, judgment, but in the sense of misperception and misunderstanding. So we have compassion. We have faith that if we speak the truth in a loving, compassionate way, and we hold on it and we allow the spirit to emerge or be evoked from within us, that we can move mountains if we have faith the size of a mustard seed. So when I go in anywhere, I go in with the attitude of I will get what I want because what I want is not based in ego. It's based in eternal truth, universal law. So I am stepping in as a representative, essentially, of the most high. Now, where I come from and where my energy is based, it is unbeatable. Even if you kill me, you cannot beat it because there is always a consequence. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, what's, wonder ahead, what's wonderful, a couple of things, what's wonderful is you come from a place of knowing of not of gnosis, right? Of this idea that we are infinite consciousness. You have faith in that idea of, of really what this reality is based on universal law and just common sense. And that in, that's so empowering because I, we see it in the way in your videos, how, and, and Bear mentions paperwork, 
like you don't require paperwork. You just go with your mouth and with <laughs> with your knowledge right into these places. Like I was watching you go into the courthouse uh, there in your local jurisdiction and you have these security guards, right, that are forcing people to go through a metal detector and wear a mask. And you just uh, very calmly explain to them what they're doing wrong and the legal versus lawful. And, <clears throat> you know, I, as Bear says, I think this is beyond the paperwork now. It's doing what you're doing out on the street and and getting that energy, that energy of gnosis, the energy of knowing that, hey, we are not this materialistic um, meat suit that is going, it is here just <laughs> by happenstance, by random accident, and that we have to listen to these quote unquote people of authority. No, we are our own authority. And we can do this with our own breath, with our own mouth, with our own words, right? The word is the truth. And that is what I feel is so inspiring that you do, Paul. And so my question is like, how the heck did you come to know this? Like I came to know this through Bear. <clears throat> Bear came to know this through his interactions with other folks, you know, in the in the sovereignty movement. I know he's talked about it in the past and when he was in Hawaii and other places. How the heck did you come to know this? Because <clears throat> it's just starting to come out. But I mean, 10 years ago, I didn't know almost anybody talking about this stuff with the actual what really common law is and natural law. How the heck did you uh, come to this wisdom and knowledge? Yeah, I mean, it's just sort of like I was saying before, a basic level of of common sense that's always sort of been there that I am not anybody else's property, even my own parents. Um, from day one, everything was why, you know, why, why am I going to do what you told me to do? Give me the reasoning. And, you know, that's always a thorn in the side. However, that's a sort of peek into the mind for whatever reason of somebody who thinks critically, right? I'm not going to accept the idea of do as you're told for your safety. So like I said before, this starts sort of early in the household, do what you're told to do. We're not going to give you a logic behind it. Just know it's for your safety. But, um, as time goes on, right, there's been influences in my life. Um, Carl Lentz, I always uh, mention him and, and bring him up and give him credit. Uh, Mark Passio is another example of an individual who um, expounds upon uh, natural law, as he puts it, which my understanding is the common lore, L-O-R-E, is the unwritten body of laws that is sort of put into the conscience of humanity. So again, like you were saying, uh, in the beginning is the word, the word is made real or made flesh. So, you know, whether it's us speaking it or us putting it on paper, we are not the designers and creators of meaning and law. We are speaking words that describe an inherent meaning and law that we cannot create, nor can we destroy. So maybe a good segue back to something a little more mundane, and then we'll uh, fly with that and you know, where we're going here now. And that is how we're deceived. Uh, this is basic 101 stuff, but for maybe some of our audience that don't know what we're talking about, is that from day one, we're born, of course, we're named. And uh, you, you, of course, you can't name sovereign, you can't name divinity, because you'll never know it as soon as you name it, but we get the name. And then we wear that for the rest of our lives and act as, you know, sureties and, and, uh, you know, uh, take on all the liabilities that they attach to that name just out of pure ignorance. So um, did you go down any of those roads uh, early on as far as change of status or, or the sorts of things that, uh, you know, would maybe demarcate you, uh, you know, apart from that corporate fiction? I haven't really done anything in that um, arena. Going forward, I'll probably uh, change my passport to reflect, because my understanding is that the passport does have um, a different way of filling it out where you can claim something other than citizen status, right? So you're not essentially um, giving up access to those benefits and privileges as they call them. You're more just making it understood that you have a legal person and the all capital letters name is there to be used for you to benefit from. However, it is not me. So you can't apply a whole bunch of regulations to me. But yeah, I mean, you know, 
years ago, when I started to become more aware and conscious, I went into the whole idea of, you know, what is a name and what is the meaning behind it and how do we get it? But again, it's like, it's a tool like anything else, you know, somebody gave me a name to avoid uh, mass confusion, you know, instead of us all saying, hey, you, but I'm not the name, you know, I use the name, it was given to me, <laughs> I use it, but it, it, it is not who and what I am on the most fundamental level, right? And again, we come from a society where, especially in the Western world, the seen is all that there is. And what I mean by that is the non-being, the, the unseen may as well not exist, right? Or it exists when they want it to, right? Like COVID and, uh, you know, nobody can see it. Nobody knows if it's real, but everybody's sure it exists and everybody's going to hide in their house from it, you know? But when you start talking about us essentially as a being, we are a, 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 um, a non-being individuated unit, right? Like, like we use being the body, but at our, our, our most innermost level, we are energy. We are non-being. So, you know, we sort of focus on the form uh, and start naming and labeling the forms rather than going deeper. But as I said, I use it as a tool and I don't I don't put much um, credence or, or import on the idea of somebody else uh, um, creating law and creating contracts around my name and all that. You know, these are all just tools and these are all just man's beliefs. Yeah. And of course, there's a big difference between the name that our parents give us just to have something to call us and recognize us by versus a, a corporate fiction name, you know, that's meant to control us. Um, you know, one thing that's pretty simple, if you want to go down the paperwork uh, road, and I'll just mention this in passing, you tell me, you know, any comments you have, if you think it might be worth it, but I find it useful is if you do uh, unfortunately get shackled and dragged into, you know, one of their cells or in front of a magistrate, um, you know, they're, of course, are going to address you by that corporate fiction. So uh, something that anybody can do in about 15 minutes is uh, uh, fill out a, a, a certificate of assumed name. Now, every state has certain forms, but most states, they kind of drag you into certain things that you, you might not want to fill out that form, but we found that in Minnesota, they have just a nice clean way to, you know, do that and get a certificate just so that if you do go into that jurisdiction, uh, then, you know, you have registered that name. It automatically differentiates the living man and yourself and, and you know, your, as yourself and the name. So you don't have to go in there saying I'm a man and all that kind of stuff, which rarely works. And, uh, you know, what you're saying is, well, this is my assumed name. I've registered it. I can now uh, use it. I don't own it. It isn't me, but I am an attorney, in fact. And it's just kind of, I find a really handy tool to very simply say, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the agent, the registered, uh, you, know, uh, you know, so it rebuts any of their assumptions that they might have that you are the corporate fiction. But you know, again, uh, the state of Minnesota, uh, if you go to uh, assume name, uh, their certificate of assumption, fill that out and, and then you can use that and just act as attorney, in fact, and never be dragged into, you know, have those lines blurred. So um, have, have you, do you think that might be of any use or do you think even that level of paperwork isn't even necessary? I think uh, I think you're muted, um, Paul. I can't hear you now. Oh yeah, there we go. There you That's go. something that I'm not even really too familiar with. But when you describe it, I mean, it's sort of common sense and makes sense. However, I, I come from this perspective of this whole thing was created. You know, again, I understand that there's some sketchy um, circumstances which this all comes out of from some sketchy people, and you know, we can make certain. Uh, inferences and deductions from it but the reality is that from where I'm sitting and what I know to be true and or choose to believe it maybe even is that this whole system was created for my benefit so anytime someone tells me well you have an all capital letters name and it was created to control you well I don't see it that way and when I go into court I try to take the attitude of thank you so much for creating 
this whole system and this all capital letters name so that I can get credit from the bank and so that I can own land and do all these great things in America. Because one thing we would know is that the government of the United States would never want to cause harm to men and women, right? Like they would only be here for the benefit and the service of man and woman. And then I allow them to show me different if that's the case. And I will ask them, are you going to cause harm to a man, a good man today, an honorable man, in the name of upholding something outside of your oath and bond. I am not a legal surety. I'm not a surety, rather, for the legal person known as, and then the all capital letters name, right? I have a legal person. I use the legal person to do legal commercial business. But when we're in a court of law, I'm the lawful man. You know, and you say, well, the man thing, I understand that. They'll say, well, they don't recognize that. Okay, well, we don't even need that in there because I will define what I am in the apophatic sense by telling you what I'm not. I am not a surety for the legal person. So, you know, it just sort of becomes, again, continuing to stand on that and bringing it back up and then having faith that the individual who's sitting across from you, usually a magistrate, because man and woman is our judge in this realm. If you can call it that God or the universe is our ultimate judge. But in the court, man and woman, the jury is truly our judge in the courtroom. So a magistrate is not even my judge. Uh, So when I'm speaking to them, I'm making them aware and bringing them back to the original intent and the idea that you are an element of this court. You are here to uphold proper process and function of this court, which means upholding the rights of man and woman who you don't preside over, but you reside with. You are acting as a magistrate. You are a man just like the rest of us. As a matter of fact, you have less rights than the rest of us. You have privileges, duties and obligations and responsibilities. So those are given to these people by us, right? And we need to keep that hierarchy and that order in check with the way we present so that they can feel, right? They can see and feel and understand who and what you are of. And it will hopefully, right? If they have any kind of humanity and humbleness within them, it'll bring them back in line. And the paperwork is just sort of the the legal protection of that, right? It's a two-dimensional version of this happened. This is what I'm claiming. Nobody else can say that they misunderstood it in live voice. Yeah. Paul, um, could you give us a couple examples? Because I know you've been arrested and um, you do a wonderful job of documenting it. I think it's on your phone. You always have that recording, which is really smart. And it seems like you always get out, right? And a lot of times the police just let you go there before taking you in. Um, want to give us a couple examples of how this has worked out and anything you've done in court specifically? Well, that's the thing right now, right? I'm still going through processes. They're, they're, you know, adjourning meetings, putting them off. I have not carried this all the way through yet uh, in a court process right now. I'm still learning and trying to understand and activate the federal court system, right? Because my latest understanding is that, Anything local and state is separate from federal. So federal district court, my understanding, is supposed to move under the common law de facto. So I'm taking my local case that I have right now, which is a trespass in the courthouse for not wearing a mask, and I'm attempting to file suit, if you want to call it that, file a claim in United States federal district court, right, for violation of federal codes. Because interestingly enough, The federal codes are written pursuant to the Constitution, which is written pursuant to universal law. So all of these people locally and on a state level, if they're violating federal code, they are in the action, from my understanding, of overthrowing federal government, which is very serious charges. So when you start to bring these people into a federal arena and have them explain what they're doing to a federal judge, I want to believe at this point that it's going to have a different impact. But again, we have to see as it moves forward if I'm allowed uh, access to the federal court and with my paperwork and the proper process and function of government will play out the due process, right? Because what you find in a lot of these places is they try to apply rules of civil procedure to you, which I don't believe apply to me. You know, it's a very basic format. I'm a man. I'm naming another man or woman who's done harm to me. And I want the matter heard in a court with the jury of my peers. Right. There should need to be 40 pieces of paper. So right now I'm in that process of trying to move the court, trying to hold the court accountable, trying to get my paperwork into that 
system and, and get this moving. Yeah. You know, I, I think the, the most important thing I hear you say is that this system, the government, whatever you want to call it, is not completely to our detriment. And in fact, it is a vehicle that we can use for our purpose to grow on, you know, different levels and to become stronger. And if it was a matter of paperwork, I mean, that's their game. That's not our game. So if we stand on our principles and then if they are pushing back on us, then it really forces us to go deeper into finding out who we are. Uh, you know, where we stand within natural law and within the natural order. And so, you know, I can speak for myself, maybe if I didn't have some of the adventures I've had with some of these agencies who were kind of hair raising at the time, I even saw, you know, people die incarcerated. I saw friends that are on the land because of it. And, uh, you know, but maybe without all that experience, I would have been a little bit more complacent. And it did force me to dig deep within myself. And I think, Maybe that's where we're all at right now. And that's the, you know, the service, the real service that this system is, uh, you know, giving us and the opportunity to just draw our line in the sand and, and, and uh, find out who we are once and for all. What you come to find, in, too, is, and you're, you're absolutely right there, that um, the idea of all this is uh, enlightenment through suffering. There's a cause and effect going on here. The reason why these people, again, I'm not justifying it. I'm saying that there's a reason. The reason why these public servants are treating the public like slaves is because the public has acted like slaves for so long that everyone's just used to the process. What you come to find out when you start acting on truth is a lot of these servants want to serve. They want to make the community better. They did not get into this to order people around to control and to dominate. However, that became the norm because the public is so uninformed, so weak, lacking in will, okay, that they, it starts to wear on these people and they don't even know. I have them coming to me now to explain to them scripture and spiritual understanding because they are so downtrodden and demoralized and they don't like who they are anymore and what they're doing. And they, they're just waiting for retirement. Right. And I'm having to explain to them that you have power. You have to take on this role. Don't allow your situation and circumstances to get you down. You know, and, and it's a wonderful thing to see people who've been in this for 30 years who may have arrested me months before now say, thank you for doing this work. We need this. And what can I do to go further? Mm -hmm. Right. So we are the catalyst. We are the change makers. We can show these people a, a side to human consciousness that reinvigorates them, right? Uh, revivifies their zest for life and to do what's right and to serve their community. You want to be served, you have to command respect. The way you command respect is by conducting yourself in a certain fashion, right? So when you show up and you stop taking your pants off and your shoes off to be searched at a metal detector and you explain to another man, we both put our pants on one leg at a time. So unless you want to go through this search <laughs> with me, I don't feel like being searched today. You know, once we start moving that way, we will get results in that way. And I take it back to the prison analogy. If you walk into a prison and either, but if you walk into a prison and you carry yourself like a sheep and a slave, you will be someone's sheep slave one way or the other. So again, prison may be a dark, scary, negative place and a lot of wrong is done there, but you will learn one way or the other, how to conduct yourself with self-respect and respect where people will generally leave you alone, you know, but if you act cowardly and you have no principles and you disrespect yourself and others and the truth, you will get dealt with, you know? So again, it's sort of, it's sort of, again, that, that, that animal, most basic, most common level of sense that is going to make or break us at this juncture. So really the worst thing we could do when we're interacting with public servants is uh, compliance and through compliance enable uh, their own slavery and the best service we can possibly do if we just want to get hearing you say is, uh, you know, teach them through example and give them the opportunity to free themselves. And, you know, of course, then that's their business, has nothing to do with us. But 
uh, the worst thing we can do uh, if we want to be humane or however you want to term it is to comply because now we're just uh, just helping them be slaves and not giving them the opportunity to, to make their own decision. Is that, uh, do I kind of have that right? Absolutely. The best way to lead others is always to lead ourselves, right? Um, mm -hmm. You have a lot of people who want to stand on the sidelines and go, oh, the cops are bad. The cops are evil. They're doing this, they're doing that. First of all, these individuals, and now let's be fair, because while I don't believe in the legitimacy of authority in any form, I will tell you that the job or the function that these individuals have taken on is a demanding and it is a tough job. And it is a job that most people wouldn't want to do, even in the aspect of forget about all the citations and code and all that. The idea of stopping or interfering with people trying to do wrong. You know, because there are times, obviously, where police do have to stop people or interfere with or go after people who might be killing people, raping people, uh, injuring people, trying to create order where there is chaos because people can't govern themselves. Right. Most people, again, there's a cause and effect. The reason why these elements have popped up is because the majority of men in the community do not want to do the work that's necessary to be done to protect the women and children and themselves from undesirable elements. So this system pops up. Again, if we want to have quote unquote sovereignty, which just means the ability to govern ourselves, we have to take on true responsibility, which means cultivating an ability to respond to whatever life presents us. You know, But again, how many people do we know on a local level who are going to take on that job when someone calls them and says, hey, I got this going on out front of my house. Are you going to come over here and help secure your community? They're going to say, absolutely not. I'm worried about me and my survival and my family. Right. So through the selfishness, we are disempowered through selflessness. We are empowered because, again, on the highest level, we are all one. So if we want to be served, we have to create the conditions where people want to serve us. Exactly. You know, what I love about what we're saying here today too, Paul, because we delve into the conspiratorial realms, of course, with what our show is about, and it's just inevitable because of the world that we live in. And there's a lot of, um, you know, questions about the beginnings of the United States and the quote unquote Republic. And it keeps, you know, for me, I'm a public servant. I'm a volunteer firefighter. And I, this was coming up yesterday in my mind. We had a call of a, of a fire in a campsite, and we found out that it was actually some, some homeless people were there, and their, her son was wanted, and he, he had crashed his car in the, by, the, by the river there, and they were just kind of hanging out there. And there was a Forest Service uh, authority, uh, a, a, um, like the police person for the Forest Service there, kind of watching him, and she's really nice. And, and she was saying, there's nothing we can do. You know, we're just going to watch them and make sure that they're not causing any trouble. They're allowed to camp here for a week and then they move and then they come back. They keep moving and coming back and they're littering and, and causing damage in the area. And to me, it was like, yeah, she's doing her duty as a public servant. And, you know, if we didn't have that, you know, what would we be doing? Probably getting a posse, right? A local posse rounding up to, to chase them out. And, and it's like this battle in my head of, of anarchy versus more kind of solidified governance that, that we have. And it's like, where do we go with all this? We've been trying to figure this out for thousands of years. And I believe our forefathers or the founders of the United States kind of understood that it is up to us to do that and to have these servants that help us, that work with us so that we can, you know, have a more structured ability to take care of things like this. And so for me, it's like, you know, I, I know a lot in our community are saying you are right now we're getting comments. You are uh, going up against a rigged system. What's the point? You know, but I really truly believe who I rigged it. Who rigged it? Ex well, that's what who I'm getting. To. That's what I'm getting to. What I love is that your your philosophy that this was created for the benefit of us as living men and women. And then that servant yesterday, she was there because she knows that she is, 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 is her job is to help our community by protecting us against vagrants. And while she is unfortunately limited in her power and scope, she's, you know, she's doing the best in her duty. And I respect that. And she was respectful to us and respectful to those people who are unfortunately not, they're burning trash and they're, they're hurting our environment. 
And so it, it, there is an idea that we have to be lawful and even they, we have to respect them. We don't know what's going on in their world. Maybe they're, maybe they've been chased by some other evil forces and they're hiding, you know, we don't know, but it's hard. It's hard to navigate all this. Right. So I guess my point and my question here is, you know, as you say, who rigged it and, and what can we do as, you know, as, as sovereign men and women right now, to take this back to, to, is it, do we work in local communities and doing what you're doing and having more people educating these public servants? Um, what in your mind is the best route forward? And, and what is also your idea? Cause you did say you don't believe in authority towards voluntarism, towards anarchy. And where do you think the best sort of governance, you know, where does that lie in when, where can we move towards, or do you believe that that initial Republic and that the founders of this country created is one of the more optimum ways to, to govern ourselves. Yeah, I mean, again, people are like sort of making all of these leaps and presumptions. And a lot of it, I believe, is based on either the subconscious or conscious level of lacking true responsibility. Who rigged it and who's upkeeping the rig? The system is made up of individuals from households like all of ours. So if we have the ability to dialogue with them and change their minds, well, then the rigging stops because there's not one person or beings at the top telling each individual what to do and what not to do. There's a general misunderstanding and consensus belief system. It's mind control. The majority of the public, again, are the ones who believe they are being governed, which is why they're being governed. If they didn't believe that, it wouldn't be happening, right? So we have to turn the onus onto, you know, to where it belongs and look in the mirror. So when you say anarchy, anarchy just means the absence of masters or rulers. None of these people are ever created and still to this day are not labeled or categorized as masters and rulers. Like I told the cop outside the courthouse and it seemed to do something to his consciousness. I said, you just pulled up in a vehicle that says protect and serve on the side. It does not say control and dominate. So nowhere in there is there the idea of governance. You've just taken the experiences you've had, which have been generated off of everybody's misunderstanding, and you've applied that to the idea that we are being governed. We are being governed because we have failed to govern ourselves. This system and these people are not put here and are not here today to govern us. They are doing that because we refuse to do it for ourselves. When men and women shows back up in court and makes claim to what's rightfully theirs and conducts themselves in a way that is obvious they know how to govern themselves this will all stop right so that's my understanding of how this all works i am not powerless we are not powerless we are not in a system that is immovable and unchanging you know if anything it's getting worse because we are getting worse you know i mean could you i i don't know you know i wasn't there in history but i couldn't imagine people who, you know, went off and fought the Nazis. And we can get into how that's all, you know, there's some, some, some sketchy history and all that. I'm aware of the whole gamut, but I'm saying when push comes to shove, people who went off to die in a hole to supposedly fight for rights and freedoms would not have come back to a country and been told what to do by Fauci or Bill Gates, you know? And maybe they would have, because again, mind control seems to be, uh, the real pandemic or epidemic throughout history. It's the one thing that doesn't seem to change. But for me, as far as I guess the way I want to believe in history or the past, I'm sort of, I guess, you know, romantic about it is we've become weak and cowardly to a level where, you know, and emasculated. Let's just be honest about it. When you see the majority of men out in the world conducting themselves, they are emasculated. There is nothing they won't deal with or take or go along with to get along. You know, and the mask is, is to me is ultimately the proof of that, you know, so I went yeah. off on a whole. That's fantastic. I, I couldn't be uh, I'm 100 percent in alignment with everything you say. Uh, have you ever heard of the experiment It was a real experiment uh, without all the details and everything? The point is, it's called the Syntopticon and uh, it was like a virtual prison. And uh, they, they did an experiment where they had a real prison where all the inmates could see the, you know, the walkways up above where they had all the, the guards and everything. And then over time, they just kept eliminating one guard at a time until there was only <laughs> one guard there 
you know, the whole yard, hundreds of inmates, uh, but everybody could see that one guard and, and it kept everybody in line. So the point of the story is we are in a syntopticon right now, and they proved that they just need to create a virtual perception in order to keep us in line. And that's exactly what's happening right now. Well, you're, 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 and see, this has been a theme that's popped up in my mind over and over that the idea of when you go, cause I've been to jail and I sat there and I remember it sort of hitting me. I was there for about a hundred days and, and, and I think it hits everyone when you're there at a certain point that nobody is being kept here. We're, we're keeping ourselves here for some reason we have bought into, we believe we've accepted that either we've done wrong or there's no way out. So you have thousands of, of strong men, capable men, maybe even men who are willing to do outlandish things to each other. But when it comes to that one perception, the commonality is, well, we're in jail and we could just walk out right now, but, you know, it'll be worse off or whatever the reasoning is. It's usually fear based, right? It's always fear based and it's a psychological tool that keeps the physical in line, right? And you could, everyone could be there and believe that they didn't do wrong, but they won't walk out because of fear of what will happen, you know? And it's the same thing, right? The, and it's even kind of touches into the idea of, I believe, Plato's cave. Um, not in the sense of the prison, but in the metaphysical sense of people are scared of what's out there and what's gonna happen if they truly take on the world. They'd rather continue living in this false world where everything is ordered and everything is just where it needs to be. And it's not always pretty, but it has to be that way. Right. And it's just, you know, it's it's delusion. And that's why we're meeting the resistance and the suffering that we're meeting in the world is because individually we're all holding beliefs that are not in line with what is, you know. So, Mike, go ahead. You're going to say something. It literally is the grand test of why we're here. Like that is the video game we're in right now. Right. And it's, and I believe that's why we chose to be here right now. And it's why I know I'm here and it's exciting because once you wake into the, all the possibilities of challenging yourself and facing your fears, we had Beth Martins on last week about archetypes and the hero's journey. And that's what we're all on. We're all on our hero's journey. And you're so inspiring, Paul, because we watch your videos and you are literally living that hero's journey as you champion for the people. You're like the common law samurai and you're out there and you're just using your men mental ninja skills and you're so articulate and you've done your research. And, um, you know, what was cool was I, on that video I was talking about when you're going in the courtroom with your friend because he needed the paperwork for an upcoming you know, law, uh, I guess some, some case he was, he had, and, and you were telling you were, you know, you're explaining how there were certain, um, detectives or was it the, uh, some of the, uh, sergeants, excuse me, were actually now flipped on your side. And we're like, Oh my God, I'm calling the courthouse to see what's going on. Like, so you're doing it and it's inspiring. And I do agree too. I, I feel like we've been tricked into this by the system to believe that 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 those who choose to be public servants are are just wanted to like control us and have authority and and as someone who works now in for a number of years as a volunteer firefighter and works with people that work for the city and stuff most of those people actually really want to do good service they're well-meaning people a lot of them go to church a lot of them um like i have good friends in the fire department who are fully vaxxed and they're even doing the public vaccination program and they really think they are doing good and it's about educating them about the evils of the world and the, uh, the idea that moral relativism isn't real. And that, I think that's why we're seeing a major kind of uh, re, uh, at least I'm seeing it, people really going back to Christ and, 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 and getting in tune with these masters, these spiritual masters, whether it be Buddha or whether it be, you know, Jesus or, or any, any of these ascended masters and these people, because people want to know this truth. They want to see, wow, how is this world really working and how can we stand up and be in our truth? And it's really powerful what you're doing. And we just appreciate you so much. Um, we're running up on time here. Bear, any, uh, anything else we want to 
uh, dive into with Paul? Uh, and- well, well, I want to know, um, uh, ask Paul a little bit about on one of your videos. I think you were talking about things you're doing uh, within your community educational wise. Uh, just a little comment on what you're saying, Mike. I kind of uh, draw the line maybe a little tighter uh, when people are out there jabbing people, modifying their DNA and everything. It's like, well, you know, that's, that's a kind of, I don't care if they're going to church on Sunday, you're harming people. And you don't <laughs> that's where you draw the line, huh? Yeah, Genocide is where away. you draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get away with saying, I'm just doing my job and, and, you know, I'm praying to Jesus. So everything's cool. So, Oh no, I wasn't you know, saying that. I'm saying that the, the yeah, problem is, I, I know. They, yeah. They let me finish for a second. Good. I'm just, I know. Yeah, you know, I'm saying, uh, you know, we there's a fine kind of a little tightrope where we have to, you know, kind of <laughs> keep certain people in line. And and, you know, and I get your point, Mike, you know, people are, are servants and they aren't all bad. But, um, you know, we have to be maybe a little bit more strong willed in certain circumstances when they're actually harming people. So, uh Paul, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with what you're doing in your own community there? Yeah, so I had one of the guys who was there for about 30 years in one of the courthouses. Um, He was there when they arrested me for that initial trespass. And then a few months later, uh, through having conversation with him, he wound up, he told me, right, I want to make sure I'm very truthful about how exactly this went down. So I wasn't there when he told them, but he told me that he told the other public servants in the courthouse, if they will not let me in to do my business, then they're going to do my business for me, right? So that is a change that happened through me interacting and dialoguing with him. So essentially, like you said, I've taken back to a degree my courthouse because it is my courthouse. It is a people's courthouse. All agent and agency within that courthouse are there expressly for the purpose to serve me when I show up. So, yeah, I mean, again, for the people who say, well, it's a rig system, it's this, it's that, understand that that is your mind trying to protect you from a danger that is very real. But understand also that it is false evidence appearing real, right? The acronym for fear, as some people say. So, when you see or feel that um, fear of doing what's true and what's right, understand that these people need our help, right? We are not resisting them. We are not going against them. We are holding them accountable and truly responsible, which is exactly what all of us need right now, because this is one lesson being learned by all of us, no matter where we sit on the board and where our perspective is coming from. It is one lesson, true accountability and responsibility to something higher than yourself. Yes. And that, and that's all I was trying to say is these people mean to do good. We need to educate them and hold them accountable and let them know they're actually paying a karmic price too. That's going to be very heavy on their soul. And this is something I, I get laughed at sometimes when I tell these people this, that, you know, you are going to pay a heavy karmic price for what you're doing. But um, yeah, and that was my point, but I, they, they really, I, I don't think they're evil. Like, ah, you know, I think people at the top are, but we got to get, and, and Mark Passio is a brilliant at explaining this. We got to get to the, the, the rule followers, right? The order followers. Well, they are the most crucial people. Let's just be clear too, Mike, that evil is simply the word live spelled backwards. So I could make the case that the majority of human beings on the planet are evil because they are living backwards, right? It's not necessarily malicious intent. Mm -hmm. Most evil is done through misunderstanding and ignorance of the truth. Like you said, the majority of these people throughout history, they may be responsible for genocide, but in their ego, in their perception, they believe, well, this is acceptable, this is okay. And a lot of it comes from being godless or being non-accountable to anything higher than your hierarchy, right? Like, so-and-so told me to do this. So I did it. What did I do? That was incorrect. They've been mind controlled from day one to believe that following orders is a virtue and they have no conception of following a law outside of man's law. Right? So essentially what we have is a spiritual foundational degradation, demoralization, and decay. And we have to revive, you know, we have to revivify that we have to, you know, 
reignite that fire and that passion and and you know that inner space in people and i i don't know maybe some people might not have that ability anymore maybe they've been so so soul broken that they can't come back around to a place of empathizing with others you know it's all about self-service but it doesn't mean that we stop trying because as i said i've seen the results over three months i have people who move with me who say they hated police they wanted to overthrow government and now they see the value in this work and they don't want to do anything any longer that's going to get them in trouble or get them harmed. They want to love these people and educate these people and change the world rather than go through another cycle, right? Another revolution, a complete circle to revolve. We don't want revolution and complete circle anymore. We want resolution, right? And the way we change the world and change others is by changing ourselves. We have to be the change that we want to see in the world, right? To sort of use a cliche. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so uh, this has been a fantastic conversation and thanks so much for being here. So can you uh, maybe tell our audience where they can find you and, uh, you know, see some of your work and your experiences? Sure. So I do have a Facebook. Uh, It tends to like get banned from time to time. I don't know. There must be some kind of misunderstanding about like what I'm doing, but uh, you know, cause Facebook would never want to <laughs> censor free speech and good work that's being done. Facebook's about community. So, you know, I'm just sort of, if they can hear me, I want to let them know there's a misunderstanding going on, but yeah, I'm there. Uh, pa- uh, Paul Pablo Remington Jones. And then I'm also on uh, YouTube. Uh, the name is it's ITS. And then Paul Unslaved. So it's Paul Unslaved. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it for right now. I got a telegram, but it's pretty hectic in there. It's it's complete chaos. So <laughs> yeah, I'm still sort of creating yeah. that well, online persona. You're already <clears throat> making a great impact out there. And uh, thank you, you know, and, and we're really going to promote your work and everything you're doing, because we need, I think, a few million more of you out there, you know, that are willing to exercise your free will and, and, you know, just do exactly what you're doing. So thanks a lot, Uh, Mike, I'll turn it over to you there. Well, I was going to say, I think if we just had one of you in every town, the whole thing would flip in an instant, seriously, (laughs) like literally, if we just had one of you in every town going up to the courthouses and, and, and politely and honorably uh, educating these public servants in a way that you do. And so eloquently and powerfully, and you live in your power through your word, it would flip like that. And I know people are inspired and, and are going out and doing it. And, um, yeah, just so great. And we're so happy. So, um, Paul, I don't know if you guys caught in the beginning, he will be coming to music and sky. Uh, he'll be talking and, and integrating with everyone. He's, he's, uh, a little curious about what this is all about, but I think you're going to have a blast. Our community is just amazing. It's all ages from the little kids up to, you know, people in their eighties, there uh, doing yoga and, and having discussions about, you know, all of this stuff. We've got people there like Lena Poo's there. She's going to be doing notices of liability live as a workshop for people to, to do if they want to engage with that. We'll have uh, Nathaniel Harlan Graham there. Who's doing the secured party creditor status correction stuff. Um, so a lot of this, and then actually uh, bear, I didn't even, we're, tell you this, but you remember Steven and Errol from Austria? Um, we're, yeah. we're, we're trying to get them to come out. They really want to come out. And there's people that are now putting forth um, a GoFundMe. We're starting people giving their airline miles so that they can fly from Austria to this event. They are doing amazing work on the ground in Austria, turning their government around with everything they're doing. So um, there are so many warriors out there. And Paul, it's so great to have you on here today because you're really doing it. So Thank you so much for spending time with us today. And we look forward to seeing you in person in July. And uh, everybody listening, if you enjoyed this chat, please give it a like, a share, a thumbs up. Please uh, uh, share it with your friends and family. This is really important information. And hopefully you're inspired today. We appreciate and love you. And as we always end this chat, uh, please uh, remember to get outside, get your feet in the soil, go plant something, go for a walk in nature. She is always our best uh, educator and um, our our best friend. So uh, thank you guys. And go uh, hold your public servants accountable too, Mike. Like, you yes. know, plant, <laughs> plant some stuff, do the yoga, get in that blissful, nice, meditative, empowered state. And then 
go and when you see something, as they say, say something, right? Turn, yep. turn that camera on, question your public servants, hold them accountable. You're not doing anything wrong. You're doing right. You're upholding the proper process of society right? for everybody. So yeah. you need to get involved in that way. And, and for some people that it seems really scary, but if watch Paul's videos, because like he does such a good job, the more I'm watching, the more I'm getting that language and that, that, that approach, uh, Tom Barnett's really good. I don't know if you know who Tom Barnett is, but he's really good at explaining that too. And it's, it's really, what's nice about it is you are doing a good service. You're, you're the way you approach it. You're doing your duty of care as Tom says, right. To help these people by informing them. Go ahead, bear. No, uh, you said it all. And uh, freedom is not a passive process. So, uh, you know, sometimes uh, people need a little experience to thunk them on the side of the head. And, and uh, you know, sometimes the truth does that to people. And, you know, all we want to do is get the truth out. Yeah. Well, thank you, sure. gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen. You, <clears throat> it's been an honor being with you guys today. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day, Paul. And uh, I look forward to meeting you in person. Take care. And thank you. You as well, man. Everybody in the chat, thanks so much. It was a lively chat, and we love you guys. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next Thursday at 10 a.m. And uh, you guys, everyone, have a beautiful weekend. Cheers. Bye bye. <laughs>